praise God one more time. He is still a friend of mine. Listen, don't let the enemy get you. Don't let life, don't let the enemy get you down. It's been a long time, ain't it? Listen, uh, you, you, this, this year, this year is halfway there, halfway over. That's why 2019 is halfway over. Government's going about getting ready to usher into June in the next week or so here. And, uh, and for some of you, so far this year's life has been a struggle. And you had some goals in mind. You had some things going on. Sometimes we can get a hold of bad influences. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can get a hold of people who are um, don't mean us no, no, no good. Sometimes our mind betray us. Sometimes the past rears us up ahead on us. Listen, I think that we need to move forward. I think we need to forget about the past. That's what I think we need to do. I think we need to stop worrying about what happened on the other side of the of, of the Red Sea. Stop worrying about what went down in Egypt and move on to perfection. Can you imagine how the children of Israel? That's why what got the children of Israel in trouble when they was when they, when they passed through the Red Sea and went over to the other side and they began to start talking about well this happened in Egypt, that happened in Egypt, blah blah blah, and all that stuff. And don't you know that that's what got them messed up to where they couldn't even go? A lot of them couldn't even go into the promised land because they were so um, worried about and, and thinking about what happened over the land of Egypt. That's how some of us are. That's right. You can't go on with the, the next relationship because you're worried about what happened in the last one. You can't go into the next job. You're still worried about what happened on the last job. You need to, um, in the name, oh, call out I feel the anointing on that. You need to forget about. The past. Stop bringing up all those issues. Listen, can you imagine what, the, what would be going on with the people of Israel if they start making movies about what happened in Egypt? <laughs> and they kept reminding themselves over and over again what happened in Egypt? No, they had to go into perfection because they're not slaves. No, the kings and priests. That's right, and they decided, I'm on something here. Let's go on rough some fellas. I'm on to something here. You need to stop worrying about what happened in the past. You need to go on to perfection. God wants you to go on to perfection. He wants you to go on and do the will of the Lord. Your help is in the name of the Lord. Your deliverance is in the future. Live life in the future. Don't live it in the past. See, if you start living in the past, oftentimes you just get past things. But if you start living life in the future and know that you've already been blessed, you've already been delivered, because according to what's going on in the future, is glorious. For I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the old earth was passed away. And there was new Jerusalem. Yekabul Shakak. And I saw a great number of people, multitudes that couldn't be numbered, both with kindreds and tongues. And, and they were all praising and uplifting God. And they were all in the kingdom of God. That's the future. There was no more curse. There was no more tears. There was no more pain. There was no more sickness, no more disease. There was no more backbiting, hatred, and rumors. There was no more all that stuff that we get ourselves involved in today. There was no more 
um, trying to uh, get 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 this date and trying to get this person to act right and trying to nope. That was glorious. That was praise. That was worship. That was an, an endless life. Would you, Lord have mercy. Good God Almighty. You can't imagine it because you're in your flesh. See, sometimes when we're in the flesh, we can't imagine something like that. But thank God we're not going to have flesh when you get there. Thank God that this mortal must put on immortality. Thank God that this corruption will become incorruptible. Thank God that there shall be a new body. Yes, Lord, a new body. You're going to have a new heaven, new earth, because you got to have a new body. Some folks don't believe it. That's okay if you don't believe it, though. <laughs> Shall their unbelief make your belief of none effect? <laughs> God forbid. Yes, God forbid. Listen, there are going to be things. That, glory to God. Listen, I, I believe that's over there in Second Corinthians. So I'm talking about what I'm talking about now. Listen, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Former things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Lord have mercy. Don't you love that? Former things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You're going to walk in newness of life. But you know what will get you to not walk in that newness of life? You know what will get you not to walk in that new creation? When we get ourselves involved in different sins. I can say that. I know for a fact because I don't, I don't been there and done that. When you get yourself involved in different sins, you get yourself involved in different things going on in your life. You get yourself involved in um in worldly things. You get yourself involved in um things of this world. Yes, Lord. And when you get yourself involved in things of this world, hallelujah. When you get yourself um your mind so distracted on things of this world, that can cause you. Not to walk in newness of life. And you don't want that for yourself. No, you don't. You don't want to be a child of a king and living like a slave. You don't want to be a child of a king and have the mind of a slave. That's right. This is what Jesus said. He said, whom the son makes free is free indeed. But he said something before then. He said, whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son he is forever. Meaning, say he's saying this. Listen, glory to God. He's saying, people, you may be caught up in sin now, but you won't. But what he's basically saying is, you won't stay there, because you will not be. You're the servant of sin, but the servant don't abide forever. But the son he is forever. So once you get in, so then he says, goes on to say this. So whom the son makes free is free indeed. So what he's saying is that you're gonna be free from this. There's a freedom that's coming to you. There's some power coming to you. There's some blessings that coming to you. I'm talking about some spiritual blessings. Glory to God. Now you can have those financial bless financial blessings coming too. Because you've been looking for a job. You've been looking for a real job. That's right. And somebody done took took and and did some things to you on a job. Or maybe lied to you on a job and said some things. But listen, right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the thing is getting ready to turn around in your favor. You're just going to have to do what the Lord told you to do, though. See, when you get the job, this time you're going to have to tithe right, give right, spend right, save right, do some things that, that God has called you to do, invest right. 
Because I do believe God has caused us to do different things of that sort. Listen, for the kingdom of God. Listen, glory to God. Listen, I want to read out to, read to you real quick. This is the, uh, the second time I'm coming to you. Because um, I'm, I'm reading out of the book I've written. Um, a book I wrote uh, back in the day called The Book of the Bad Boys. You can get this bad boy on um, Amazon.com. A Barnes and Levels online bookstore. Um, author Tim McAvey Lee. Lord have mercy. And you can just get this book and you can just be blessed in your spirit. I want to read something out of it, though, um, that could pique your interest. Um, once again, this is a book of fiction based on a true story. So don't go crazy when I'm here and I'm reading this thing. Like, oh, hey, in the Bible. I didn't say this was the Bible. I said this is a book I wrote. <laughs> So it's a book of, of fiction, but it's based on truth. It's, it's a story um, that I'm pretty sure that will bless your heart. Listen, it's not for the average bear, though. That's right. If you're for the tradition and religion, this book ain't for you. If you're caught up in a box, this book ain't, book ain't for you. If you're traditional, this book ain't for you. That's right. If, you, if you're going around telling folks that they caught up in sin because they... They they won't wear a, a long dress and they got on makeup and they got on earrings and they got on tattoos and you tell them folks they ain't sin because of that. This book ain't for you. If you look at that folks and, 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 and every day you got something negative, this book ain't for you. If you don't believe that God can make a way out of no way, if you don't believe that God can take somebody's insecurities and their, and their um, um different things or weaknesses and and still on the other side bring them out, this book ain't for you. No, but if you believe that God, if you believe that what sin is about, grace is much more about than this your book. Let me read this real quick. It's, this is chapter two. Um, uh, chapter two is chapter two is written about a man called Abraham. It's, it's called the God, the Godfather of faith. I want to read you a couple things out of chapter two, and and and, and you can do what you really want it, and let me know what you think about it uh, on my inbox. Uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and uh, different things of that sort. Well, I'll just start reading now. Um, yeah, around chapter two. It says Abraham had a life-changing decision to make concerning what women, what woman he wanted to keep. He could choose his wife Sarah or his mistress Hagar. Now Hagar wasn't really his mistress. They only had sex once, and it wasn't even Abraham or Hagar's idea. It was his wife, Sarah's idea. So I guess mistress is a strong word to describe Hagar. Maybe friend, lover, concubine, or just simply wrong place at the wrong time, girl, is a better way to describe her. Hagar was a slave to Sarah. And she is the one Sarah trusted to sleep with her husband, Abraham, because Sarah herself could not bear any children. After many failed attempts to have a son, Abraham and Sarah didn't know what to do. So Sarah had this bright idea that Abraham should sleep with her handmaid, Hagar, and get her pregnant so he could have an heir. You know, oftentimes an idea sounds good in your head, but once you try to work it out in the flesh, you will find out it wasn't a good idea after all. Now, some kind of way, Sarah got Abraham to agree with this plan of sleeping with Hagar. It could have been that hard, though. After all, Abraham is a man. Abraham is a man of faith, sure. 
without doubt. But still, a man of full of flesh, desires, and lusts. Hagar was a beautiful woman with dark hair, smooth dark skin that looked like it was baked in the sun. Her eyes were hazel, and she had the body of a dancer. So with Hagar's beauty and physical features, it couldn't have been that hard for Sarah to convince Abraham to sleep with her. One day, Abraham and Sarah approached Hagar with their plan of having a baby through her. Kind of like a surrogate. But there wasn't any clinics for Abraham or Hagar to go to. They had to have sex for real. If you thought the Jerry Springer show had all the drama, well, maybe you should read your Bible more often. This story of lust, betrayal, and baby mamas has just begun. So stay tuned. <laughs> Hagar's thinking, I will do anything for my girl Sarah. But she wants me to sleep with her husband. And that sounds crazy. Sarah said to Hagar, it's just for one night. And nights come and go. But friendships last forever. I wish that statement was true. But friendships can end on the silliest things these days. While some nights live in your memory forever, Hagar makes up in her mind that she would do this favor for a girl, Sarah. She goes into Abraham one night wearing something sensual, but yet she is nervous. After all, this is her girl Sarah's husband. Abraham kisses Hagar on the neck and lips, and what happens that night is that what always happens after a night of sex without marriage, and that is regret, confusion, and catching feelings. Abraham and Hagar wake up the next morning sore, tired, and confused about what just happened. They only, they only came together for a sex that could lead into Abraham having a son that God promised him. One day we will realize that God doesn't need our help to be God. After Abraham slept with Hagar, surely he will be in his feelings for Hagar and love the son she will bear him for him. When you try to help God out, feelings get in the way of faith. Then you are left to fix the mess that the flesh has made. All this has to be done while you're still waiting on the promise of God to come to pass in your life. Once Hagar becomes pregnant by Abraham, his wife Sarah feels regret, shame. That is what happens when you see your husband getting something from another woman that you couldn't give him. I don't care if, if it's a meal or some money. The wife doesn't want her husband getting anything from another woman. Now, this whole thing was Sarah's idea in the first place, but be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. How many times have you seen a woman invite other women to stay with her and her husband and the things happen that should have not have happened between that woman and her husband? The house guest that you invite into your, your home takes your husband right from under your nose and you are left with nothing but questions like, when did the affair start? Was this still all just a plan from the start? Poor Sarah had good intentions by suggesting that Abraham sleep with Hagar, but it just didn't turn out like she wanted it to. Hagar is with child now and gives birth to Abraham's son named Ishmael. Later in life, Sarah also gives birth to Abraham's son called Isaac. One, of the child, one is a child of the flesh. And the other is a child of promise. Abraham now has two baby mamas under the same roof. With two baby mamas, mamas under the same roof, tensions between the two women begin to grow. Finally, Sarah makes Abraham decide who will stay and who will go. 
I guess even in the Bible days, you couldn't have your cake and eat it too. I can understand Sarah's point. She didn't want her son growing up with Hagar's son. Hagar had become a rival now for her husband's attention. But remember, this whole thing was created by Sarah. Abraham doesn't want to throw out his child Ishmael or his mother. But contention and competition between the two women has gotten out of control. Baby mama drama is the gift that keeps on giving. How often in today's time has a man had to choose between two families because the mother, the mothers can't get along? This is true today. It was true in Abraham's day. Finally, Abraham gives in to Sarah, his wife, and throws Hagar and Ishmael out of the house. But God reassures Abraham that Ishmael will be a great nation. This is a classic tale of a man that has to choose between two women. Both women he loves and has a child with. But Abraham makes the choice and decides that a man needs one family, not two. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. My man Abraham winds up and decides to be single-minded, concentrating on a child of promise, which is Isaac. That's just a little something-something. I mean, just a little something-something. It's not verbatim how it's written, but just a little something-something that I wrote Um out of the book of the bad boys, as you can see, if you're any kind of Bible reader, as you can see, you know the story of Abraham, and you know the story of uh, Sarah, and you know the story of um, um, Hagar, and you know that. So now you can see exactly what I mean by fact and 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 and, and, and fiction. You can understand now what I mean by um, um, the story been based off a true story. You can understand what I'm saying now, and you can really see. How uh, how I'm, I'm doing this because what you got to understand is that God uses real life situations. Yes, he does. He uses real life situations just to um, still manifest his glory. People going through real issues today and people going through real issues um, back in the Bible days. And God was still God. and He worked it out and, and for his glory. I don't understand why today. If people are going through any kind of drama in their life, any kind of situation of an Abraham situation, that all of a sudden they're not saved, they're not this, blah, 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 oh my God, what's going on? Man, this is the father of faith, and look what he's going through. Now, if the father of faith is going through some things, what do you think you're going to go to? What do you think you're going to have with you? You're going to go through some times in your life that you may be confused. It may be times in life that you may be in competition with another woman for your husband. It may be times you never know. I mean, it's, it's just it's just life. But through it all, God is in control and he will bring you out of any situation. Um, don't think that you're um, um, not saved because you got issues. Now, this is very passionate for me. Don't think you're not saved because you got issues. You know what I mean? If if Abraham was alive today and going through what he was going through today, we wouldn't even say he was the father of faith. Some of these churches say, well, he, he's going to hell. He, he's, well, look what he got going on. You got to watch. You got to watch yourself. You got to watch what people are preaching to you. You got to do your research, baby. Get into that word. God is able hmm. to make you stand. These people are funny. Listen, I want to, um listen, if it's a word that I must have did it, and if it's not, then I wasn't with it. Stay committed.